Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our first Sundance bonus episode of A Female Lens. While we were at the festival, we had the chance to sit down with two incredible female film critics who gave us their thoughts on the festival and the films they had seen. Please enjoy our conversations with Biandria July and Aramide Tanubu. Thanks so much for sitting down with us, Biandria. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to hear your thoughts um, as a film critic here at the festival and um, yeah, hear about the films and everything that you've been experiencing. So I guess just to start us off, how did you come to Sundance this year? Yeah, this is my first time at Sundance, and I was sent here by The Hollywood Reporter, um, which is amazing. Um, I've freelanced for them for a little bit, and so an editor reached out, asked me if I wanted to come, and I said, uh, yeah. So here I am. How did you get started with film reporting and film criticism? Yeah, that's a great question. I... Um, might sound silly to say, but I feel like I've been preparing for this my whole life because I've always been somebody who loves movies and always needed to talk about them. And I remember even just growing up as a teenager, like not understanding how you could just leave a movie and not talk about it when I try to talk to people and they'd be like, it was good. And that was all they had to say. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I've been writing for publication for 20 years and, um, you know, I've moved into entertainment freelancing, um, entertainment freelance reporting um, a couple of years ago. And so it's just sort of built from there. And I'm also a scripted drama writer, drama writer. So I watch a lot of movies and TV anyway. So I figure I might as well, you know, get paid to do it. <laughs> yes. Love that so much. Uh, what has been your most exciting part of the festival so far? Um, I think I just love being in an environment with people who really love movies. Um, I mean, L.A. is sort of an environment like that, but this is um, a lot more, less fraught and low pressure. There's a lot less of an aura of, like, crushed dreams here <laughs> than in L.A. where people are kind of all over the map um, in terms of what you can expect. But, um, yeah, it's just, it feels like a good-hearted, kind of just down-to-earth love of movies that's exciting. And then, of course, um, this year's Slate, I think, is, is really excellent. Um, I have happened to be at, like, almost every film I've seen has been introduced by the programming director, Kim Yutani, which I think is a great sign, um, because she clearly has, like, such a great eye um, for... Um, just all kinds of talent and opening up the slate even wider than it's been in the past, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Could you tell us about some of the films that you've seen and what are your favorites or what are your just takeaways and thoughts of a few of the films that you've watched? Yeah. Sure. Um, gosh, it's so hard to name favorites. I, um, I mean, Late Night definitely was a standout. Um, I'm sure that'll be talked about for months to come in this year. Um, so definitely go see that. Um, I think especially TV writers who experience being the only one in the room will find it like a therapy session. <laughs> because I was actually kind of surprised at how Mindy really didn't hold back. Um, and then, of course, Emma Thompson is, just gives us the world on screen. I mean, it's just 
So, such a dynamic performance. I loved, um, I'm a big fan of women filmmakers. Surprise, I'm on the Female Lens podcast. Um, and I loved um, The Farewell from Lulu Wang. It was amazing. I'm also a big fan of the genre of romantic comedies that are about non-platonic romances. So, we have a granddaughter's love for her grandmother. Um, there's another movie called... Um, before you know it that premiered last night from a new filmmaker hannah uh, pearl utt that is sort of about the quirky codependent dynamics of a father and his two daughters um they run a theater and also live above it and it's it's sort of like at the same time feels very true to life but also felt kind of completely original once it was on the screen um i i love that and i reviewed that for the hollywood reporter also check it out <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I'm a black woman, so I got to shout out some black woman helmed films. Um, and actually, Seelum the Spades, black woman or not, was actually definitely at the top, my top five of what I saw. It was, um, it felt like uh, also another kind of original movie. It's about these boarding school factions, but it's told through the lens of young people of color at the boarding school. And we sort of don't think of boarding schools as like a people of color dominant space, which I think is interesting. I also went to a girls' boarding school that had secret society so I kind of was like feeling it um I was actually in one but I can't talk about it um (laughs) um, so that definitely check that out I hope that gets a theatrical release um as well as Mino Baig's Hala I thought was interesting um you know there was a few problems with it but I thought that it was overall a good movie as well as um I love Pippa Bianco's share um that I felt was such a great Me Too era. It came in such a great time because it sort of covers the crossover of like social media, um, you know, capturing sexual assault, unfortunately. So, and how teens and their families deal with that. Um, it was also sort of quietly centered a young woman of color without the movie being about that, which I thought was interesting too. So yeah, I, um, I've seen a lot. Oh yeah, and the Toni Morrison documentary. Um, by Timothy Greenfield Sanders. I was a little worried about it being directed by a, a white, straight white man, um, but he pleasant. I was. He thought he did a solid job, and um, you know, Toni Morrison is just a titan <laughs> in culture. So it's like, wow, she's almost ninety years old, and this is the first documentary that's been made about her that she participated in. So um, it's exciting to see. Wow, thank you for that articulate roundup. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so since this is your first Sundance, can you talk a little bit about the feeling? Like, you've seen a lot of premieres and that feeling in the room before you experience it and then after when you get to see everyone that's been involved or a lot of the people that have been involved in the movie. That's something that really sticks out to us and we're curious if you've felt that energy as well. Oh my gosh. Last <laughs> night at the Before You Know It premiere, when they announced that Judith Light was there, I literally almost cried because I, I adore Judith Light like I've loved her forever and you know she walks up there in this red suit off the shoulder and you know she looks fabulous and she's of course so such a brilliant actor and um, you can really feel it's really fun to feel the camaraderie of a cast because it always translates into the movie you know and the the opposite happens too Um, but here you can really feel the love and all the big stars come which I really did I was like Judith Light came to Sundance for this I mean she was a lead role in the movie but you know she didn't have to come um but i um yeah it's it's really special and it adds so much even as a reviewer you pick up on things that make it into the review that you wouldn't see if you just were watching it by yourself 
Awesome. Thanks so much for your thoughts on Sundance so far and all of your, yeah, great roundups of your movies that you've seen. Thank you guys. Love the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for your support. (laughs) Thanks so much for sitting down with us. Can you introduce yourself and and kind of tell us about how you ended up at Sundance this year? Yay. Um, My name is Aramine Tanubu. I am an entertainment journalist and film critic. I've been doing this since about 2014. I think that's accurate. So for five years. Um, And last year was actually my first year at Sundance. And for whatever reason, I got a general press pass. And then like the week before Sundance started, I I ended up getting upgraded for whatever reason to an express press pass, um, which is how I got to Sundance last year. And I was able to see all these films and really experience the festival. So this year I had the opportunity to return again. So that it's been a really cool experience. And can you talk about some of the films you've seen or just what your experience has been this sure. year? It's been really hectic, but really, really good. I was fortunate enough to see three films in New York City before I arrived, but I've still seen, I think, about 17 films, I think is what my count is at. Um, so I started my festival with Native Son, which is a really insane adaptation of Richard Wright's story. Um, I think it's really well done and really profound, but it's very difficult to watch. And I've seen Late Night, uh, written by Mindy Kaling, which was amazing. Hala, uh, Clemency, which is an outstanding film. Uh, Sheila and the Spades, I adored. Um, I have seen Miles Davis, The Birth of Cool. I've seen Premature. I've seen... um, just a slew of films. The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, which is Chibatel Ejiofor's director, directorial debut. So just, it's been an amazing experience. Um, I pretty much don't remember my name at this point, <laughs> but uh, it's been so, so wonderful. So you've been in the game for a little bit with the entertainment journalism. Can you tell us if it does feel different at Sundance this year? I know there, there was an initiative to get more diversity in the press and with the, with the press passes. Um, I definitely see a little bit a little bit of change. I, I will say that I've seen a lot more of my peers, people that I know in New York, and I've worked with it in Los Angeles. Um, they are here, so that's been a really cool experience to sort of be, be able to take breaks and chat and, and talk about the films that we've seen. I don't know that uh, it's been as significant as the, the, the festival has said, unfortunately. Um, when I first arrived, I went to the inclusion reception, and it was still very white and still a lot of men there, which was kind of strange. Um, so I'm not sure what they're really saying is diverse. Like, are women diverse? Is it people of color? Is it, like, what is it? Like, I would really prefer the numbers to be broken down. Um, the festival itself is still very male, very white. You see the people in the express press lines are mostly white males. To be honest, you go into um, these screenings that are even predominantly people of color in the cast, and it's still very much a very white, very male space, especially the P&I. So, and even some of the public screenings that I've attended. Uh, so I don't know that, I think that it's the right step forward. I don't think they should be applauding themselves just yet. Could you talk a little bit more about some of the films that, um, you know, there is a diverse cast or there, the film itself is diverse? I think that's really interesting that the people here who are seeing them maybe are not, but could you speak a little bit to the actual films themselves maybe that are diverse, even though it's not maybe what Sundance is saying for sure statistically um i adored sheila in the space sheila in the space it's a teresha pose directorial debut and it's basically this really amazing quirky film about this like mean girl named sheila and there's five factions at this boarding school that she attends and she's basically the head of the spades who do all of the drugs and alcohol in the film and it's just it was really groundbreaking and important and it gave like a really 
interesting, um, like cruel intentions, mean girls type of vibe, but it takes itself seriously in the way that those films don't, which I think is really important. Because oftentimes we don't think about the struggles that teens go through and, and sort of she's very vulnerable and really cruel and manipulative as well. But you see all of those facets and it has uh, Jesse Williams in the cast and uh, Lovey Simone plays Sheila and she's from Greenleaf, which is a really cool own series. Um, and who else is uh, Gina? Gina Torres from Suits is also uh, plays her mother, so it's, it was just really cool to see something like that. Uh, Clemency as well stars Alfre Woodard, and it's a film basically about um, this warden, and she all her pres- she has a death row sort of sector in her prison, and she sort of is trying to stop forming bonds with the people that she has to kill, and it's just really incredibly done. Um, Native Son as well. Um, let's see what else I've just I've seen so much um, but there, there's definitely a ton Hala uh, is incredible and Apple just bought them there's a ton of films out there I think that hopefully we'll start getting more I think some of them have gotten distribution already um, that, that need to be seen especially with women at the center I just have a question about like the conversations that you have with the other film critics I don't know how that works really so I'm curious like do you do you really get into a discussion with them or do you kind of hold that discussion for your writing that you're going to write about later? Well, so I think what's really cool when my editor was here, Trey, and we sort of split up our work. So we don't, we're not, we're seeing the same films, but we're not reviewing or, or interviewing people on the same film. So we've had like these really, he did not like Scylla and I was like, well, it's cause you're a man. But I also didn't really care for the last black man in San Francisco, which people apparently adore. And I thought it was like, really long and really pretty and that's kind of it um so I think it's just really important to see I think that's what makes criticism so important still and I know people don't really take it as seriously as they should uh but it's really important to see like why you're affected by a film if you're affected by it what's your perspective where do you come from um and I think that's different from an op-ed or editorial and people seem to be mixing those two together uh which is sort of my contention with film criticism right now so just really thinking your way through films and sort of seeing things that you didn't think about or being like one of my, I was like, oh, well, not only is uh, Sheila in the Spades, not only is it Cruel Intentions and Mean Girls, but it also has like kind of the craft elements in it. Um, and I don't think that's something that some of my colleagues have seen. So the films that you've seen, your experiences and all of that sort of comes to how you understand and how you feel about a film. And obviously we can all say like, oh, the cinematography is beautiful, the acting was well done, but how does a film affect you as a person? Why, why do some films stay with you and you forgot that you saw others? I think those are the conversations that we've been having. Great. Thank you so much for your thoughts. You're those welcome. are those were awesome. Oh, and we really loved hearing yeah, your your take on, on Sundance this year. So well, thanks thank for joining you. us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yay. I appreciate it. <laughs> You can find us at afemalelens.com and at afemalelens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at afemalelens at gmail.com. And you can download the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you left us a review. Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos are by Megan Cafferty. This podcast is produced by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell.